Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ocean State Sidelines. Will Gagan here with Brendan McGair. We have returned after a week hiatus, our first hiatus since we started this thing, which is a pretty imp- impressive streak, I think. I think it was like, what, uh, 29 Yeah, months? 29 weeks in a row, which is pretty good. We, we came out hot. Uh, but yeah, it took a week off, didn't have a lot to talk about last week, uh, and we wanted to watch some basketball like everyone else. So. Sure, we, we had brackets that I'm sure got busted. Oh, and, uh, very much so. Yeah, if you took any bracketing advice from us two weeks ago, that was not a wise move. No, it was not. But, <laughs> uh, but in the time that we took a little hiatus, uh, there were a lot of comings and goings involving uh, three of the four uh, NCAA Division I Rhode Island-based college basketball teams we in- cover. Indeed, yeah. it was uh, Basketball season was over, ended a little early around here, but... That, that just meant the uh, the comings and goings started a little earlier as well. So, yeah, a lot, lot going on. We'll start with uh, PC and uh, some changes yeah, for the Friars. Uh, I guess um, not surprising in the sense uh, Drew Edwards, uh, he was going to be a grad student next year. He is scheduled to graduate in May. You know, you know very popular guard, uh, tough-nosed defensively. He's elected to play his final year of eligibility elsewhere. And Makai Ashton Lankford, sophomore point guard, Interesting that uh, he was a top boy recruit. He will move on after two years. Yep, uh, and you know it's. I think, like you said, Edwards, it makes sense. And Ashton Langford, I mean, flashes of brilliance along the way, but never quite put it together. And, and you know, didn't have a great sophomore year here. This no, year. he didn't. And uh, you know, I I go back to maybe his confidence, what it was like at the beginning of the year when the uh, point guard keys were handed to David Duke, mm-hmm. a freshman. When you think as a sophomore after uh, the previous year's uh, point guard, Kyron Cockwright, he had graduated. You think maybe that Makai was going to get a shot out of the get-go. He never really did. He was kind of swimming upstream for much of the season. And, you know, um, show flashes at times, but, you know, never put it all together. And, uh, you know, he's uh, moving on. Yep. And as far as the arrivals in Providence, a name that will be familiar to Rhode Island College basketball fans, both PC and URI fans, uh, former UMass guard Luane Pipkins will be a friar. Yes, and uh, that was, uh, it's actually, it was funny. Like, on a Friday, we found out that Drew Edwards wasn't going to be coming back. On Sunday, Luane Pipkins uh, took to Twitter to announce that he is coming to Providence as a grad transfer. And this is big in the sense, this is the first grad transfer in Ed Cooley's tenure wow. at PC. Hmm. And uh, like you said, he is a noted Friar Slayer, actually. Yes. Uh, he, uh, he's killed him over the last couple of years, actually. Yeah, this is, I feel like this is not the first time in college basketball that uh, a player has has kind of torched a team and then ended up on that team. I remember Louisville uh, played Cleveland State. Uh, this was quite a few years ago. And Trey Lewis, a guard for Cleveland State, went off in the Yum Center Next year, Trey Lewis grad transfer to Louisville. So you, you see things like that. And as soon as Pip, Pipkins announced the transfer, I thought, you know, if he wants to stay in the area, PC might be a good fit for him. And I think he's good in the sense that the one thing that PC did not have at times last season was confidence. Yes. It looked, looked it lacked from their guards. Pipkins, he's he has the green light from anywhere. Yes. He's not bashful. Right. He's kind of like uh, the the fast Russell of the UMass program in the sense that he's never met a shot he never liked. Yep. Yep. He's not def- certainly not a pass first kind of point guard. But for a team that that really struggled to score and struggled to shoot, it may not be the worst thing in the world to have a shoot first point guard who can get you points and end those long droughts that were such a problem for them this past year. I'm going to uh, reiterate a quote that Ed Cooley made after uh, Pipkin scored 30 points on them in, in a December uh, 2017 game up at the Mullen Center. 
Cooley said he has all the confidence in the world. One thing I loved about watching him play is that he played with a swag and with a purpose. Yep. And and like you said, he's he's kind of been a killer of Providence. So I mean, on that side of things, they they don't have to face him next year, and they get him on their side. And he's certainly familiar with playing uh, the University of Rhode Island. He's played, I think, six he's, games of them in his uh, career. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, I think he had true. one good game, a twenty-eight point game, a couple of uh, subpar games. Averaged, I think, like around. 14 points in his career yep. against the Rams. So uh, he will be there next December at the Ryan Center. That is true. And, uh, I mean, as, as far as comfort goes, he's got to feel pretty good about the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Uh, when they UMass won their 79-78 this past season, he had 26 points, five assists, five rebounds. He was, uh, uh, he was dynamite. Yeah. Like I said, if you, if you can't beat him, well, ask him to come on board. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think it is a very good addition for the Friars yeah. in the sense that, you know, they needed a guard who was going to be, you know, kind of take charge, be authoritative, and, uh, you know, maybe he will be a little more pass friendly. Maybe that will allow David Duke to play more off guard, which mm-hmm. a lot, which at times was where he was more comfortable. Maybe that allows AJ Reeves to move over to the three spot. It's uh, very early, obviously, in terms of lineup permutations, but I'm sure Ed Cooley has a few in his mind already with the addition of Pimpkins. Yeah, definitely. And down at uh, URI, two departures, Omar Silverio and Michael Tertzia, uh heading out, both entering the transfer portal. Yes, that's a key the, word the these portal. days. portal, yes. I like the portal term. Yes, yeah, so it like, sounds like something out of Star Trek. We've got to enter the portal and see what happens, see where we end up. But yeah, Silverio, uh, freshman guard, played a, a bit. He was kind of the you know, ninth man in an eight-man rotation, kind of came in when need be. Showed some flashes here or there. I think he his 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 issue was he was didn't necessarily have the speed uh, to play the kind of defense you or I uh, wanted him to play, and uh, you know maybe just wasn't wasn't going to fit in long term. Not sure exactly what the situation was there, but he uh, he announced his transfer. I know he had he tweeted out that he was visiting Hofstra. Um, and then Michael Tertzia just really never got on the court for the Rams these past couple of years. Redshirted. You know, six six ten, six eleven guy, uh, tallest player on the team the last few years, but just could never find his way into the rotation, and so not not a big surprise to see him heading out as well. No, uh, you know, two players that uh, were kind of fringe rotation guys at best. They're thinking, okay, maybe we can get a better opportunity elsewhere, and uh, you know, you really can't fault him at that point. Yeah. You, you, everyone wants to play, everyone craves minutes, and you know. College basketball is kind of like that bus station. It's off to the next opportunity. It is, yep. Yeah, I think that's, you know, maybe the best best move for them. And for URI, it's a chance to um, you know, kind of increase their depth, add some some pieces that I think are necessary for them. And they've already added one uh, in Jeremy Shepard, JUCO transfer out of the College of Central Florida. He verbally committed last week uh, at guard to join Jeff Doughton and Fats Russell. He's, uh, I think he's 6'1", listed at 6'1", so he's kind of a, can play the point, can play the two, versatile like, like Russell and Doughton, so he'll fit right in with them. Uh, and music to the ears of URI fans, a 44% three-point yes, shooter last year. Bring, I was going to bring that up, uh, Will, because uh, as we've talked about throughout the winter, URI was near the bottom in all of NCAA Division One in terms of yep. three-point shooting. Yep, huge addition. I think you know, that was one of their primary needs was to get a third guard who could handle the ball. You know, Christian Thompson is, is in the backcourt, but kind of more of a wing guy. They needed someone who could handle the ball, who could spell Doughton and Russell, and who could score, and, and he can certainly do that. I spoke to his uh, junior college coach, Tim Ryan, the other day uh, just to get some comments about him. He said, 
uh, you know, he, he was talking about the, the players that the College of Central Florida has had the f- last few years. They had a player on the UMBC team that beat Virginia, uh, and they actually have a player on, on the Auburn team that's headed to the Final Four this weekend. Uh, and, and the co- quote from, from Coach Ryan was, uh, you know, we've had some players here, and, and Jeremy is one of them. So he, he fits in with that. And uh, you, you can read that story. I'm going to tease uh, a tease to the website here, independentri.com. Uh, you can read about Jeremy Shepard's arrival. But definitely a bigger arrival for URI. Uh, and with Tertia also leaving, there's one scholarship still open. And uh, I would look for URI to you know, potentially try to add a big guy, maybe another JUCO, maybe, uh, maybe a transfer as well, and get some more experience. There's certainly a lot of kids out there at the moment. Yeah. If, you, if you look at those transfer portals, yes. I think it's... Uh, the portal is crowded. The portal is very crowded. <laughs> I think up to the 300s. And uh, three names coming from Bryant, actually. Uh, Brandon Carroll, Nino Hernandez, and... We have one more name. Um, no, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, he didn't play much this year. Monty Ermalevich. Right. He's a big man. Uh, all three of them, um, you know, didn't really factor too much in Jared Grasso's first team uh, up in Smithfield, and they moved on. And one uh, addition, or two additions thus far, but one that's come since the end of the season is Nate Stokes from, out of uh, Putnam Science Academy, six foot eight forward. Uh, He's going to join teammate Charles Pride, also a Putnam Science, mm-hmm. in coming to Bryant next year. So uh, two Putnam Science guys on their way to Smithfield. Yep, and uh, I think you'll see Jared Grasso kind of start recruiting his kind of player, guys to get the up Iowa and run. Kind of guy. Yes, guys who can run, guys who want to play that that fast pace, and you probably start to see that with this first first full class, I guess, for him. But uh, it's uh, this is a going. This is. Grasso's first full off season. Yes, he, he got the job about a year ago, kind of around the same time as David Cox. Right, if you remember correctly, that's how they kind of hatched that Bryant uh, URI yes. <laughs> uh, on the schedule. They met each other heading into the taping of the Dan York State of Mind. Yeah, Dan York making everything happen. Yeah, let's <laughs> bringing people together. Indeed, and uh, I guess we should mention too, Desmond Cambridge leaving Brown um, has not announced his destination yet. Uh, but he'll be a pretty sought-after guy, I think, in the probably a Power 5 conference. I would think so. And, you know, just maybe about Desmond, uh, you know, it's just too bad that he decided to leave right before Brian, uh, Brown was going to go in their postseason tournament. Yeah. You would think he would at least want to stay. You understand the guys who might be going to the NIT and the day decide that they want to go to the NBA draft. They don't want to risk potential injury. But for a player like for Desmond to just say, you know, I'm going to leave, that's it, I think that was kind of a – it was a it was a tough move, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, you know every to every player to each his own. But uh, you know you just wish that maybe he stuck it out till the end. Yeah, definitely, I I, I would agree with that. Um, but I think that you know, Brown still believes, even without him, the future is bright up there. I think they feel like they've got things moving in the right direction. And uh, we'll switch gears to the uh, local college basketball scene. Uh, you know, in our coverage area specifically, uh, will you had some. Uh, news recently in terms of signings i did former uh, south kingstown star keegan records is headed to colgate uh who you might have seen in the ncaa tournament uh, a couple of weeks ago they played tennessee i believe in the opening round they were the patriot league champ uh so congratulations to keegan uh had really really made good use of a post-grad year at st andrews he was getting some interest um out of south kingstown but got got some real D one full D one offers um, out of St Andrews and also won a championship with St Andrews so a good year for him and he'll be headed up to Colgate at the D one ranks absolutely another uh, Rhode Island uh, import to the uh, highest level of college basketball and uh, a little shout out to uh, Tyler Kolick he was uh, named Gatorade Player of the Year after a very good 
junior year at St. George's. I believe he picked up his 11th offer from Northeastern oh. recently. 11 and uh, more to come as he hits the AAU circuit with the Middlesex Magic. Absolutely. Big time shooter, those Kolics. Yes, yeah, <laughs> big time. And uh, I'm sure he'll be very much sought out because uh, if there's one thing that we've noticed in this NCAA tournament, shooting is a must. Absolutely, absolutely. As we look at the Final Four field, and notice it is a very defensive-oriented mm-hmm. bunch. I don't know if those games this weekend in Minneapolis are going to crack <laughs> 70. Yeah, we got some great Elite Eight games. Uh, Final Four games, we'll see. Virginia, no one scores 70 against Virginia. No, and obviously, Michigan State likes to slow it down. Texas Tech, Yeah, it's uh, it could be a slog fest it this weekend. I should, I should say no one scores 70 against Virginia unless you have Carson Edwards. Right. In which case... What a win for Virginia, um, you know, to, to win it like that, forcing overtime, uh, and then to, you know, end up in the Final Four. Just great achievement for them. But just where they were from a, a program standpoint a year ago, becoming mm-hmm. the first number one seed to, to lose to a 16, I'm sure that was a chip on their shoulder for the whole season, but it's kind of like prophecy fulfilled, you know, getting back to that point in each round. You probably felt the pressure was off and off a little bit, but to get to that Final Four kind of validates this run that they've had under Tony Bennett. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're my pick now. My champion is out. I picked Duke. But they're my pick now uh, to win it. I, I think when you get over the hump, the way they did, I'm not, I'm not sure they're going to lose again. And, and but Brendan, who are you picking from, from go, this crew? I'm going to go. I actually picked Gonzaga, so uh, okay. I have no uh, yeah. champion yeah. in this uh, field at this point. But I'm going to go with Michigan State. I always believed in Tom Izzo. I believe he's one of the best in the game. I feel like getting that win over Duke is just going to carry them to the final uh seen in Minneapolis. All right. Well, before we get to uh, you know the full spring look ahead, which we'll do next week, I have a little college baseball to talk about. Bryant uh, and URI played a midweek game, a rare pitcher's duel for a midweek game, uh, and Bryant came out with a 2 nothing win over URI on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, freshman John McDonald out of Stanford, Connecticut, uh, he uh, drew the knot for the Bulldogs. He struck out six over six shutout innings in his first ever start. Um, Chris Wright, once again, the Cumberland native, Ocean State Wave alum, lights out out of the bullpen en route to picking up his seventh save of the year. We uh, looked up his uh, stats beforehand in terms of where he ranked among save leaders in all of NCAA and uh, the couple guys who have 12. But, uh, man, what a spring thus far for the local lad. Yeah, he's having a great year. Uh, Really, really coming through for Bryant. Bryant is now 17-10. They're playing well. Overall, as they kind of get into the meat of conference play, URI dropped to 11 and 14, but is playing much better baseball than they were at the beginning of the year. They've actually won their uh, first two Atlanta 10 series. Uh, and URI will be back at home this weekend for another A10 series against Richmond uh, beginning Friday. And then uh, Brian will be at Connedy Park uh, this weekend when hosts uh, NEC rival Fairleigh Dickinson. So. Bundle up if you're heading out to those games, as we'll attest. It's, uh, it can get pretty chilly out there at Bill Beck Field. Bill ba- if you're going to Bill Beck Field, do not trust the weather forecast. It's going to say it's 65, and it's going to be 47 at Bill Beck Field. It is always 47 degrees at Bill Beck Field. But anyway, that's, uh, that's going to do it for us here on Ocean State Sidelines. Thanks for tuning back in. We'll be back next week to talk uh, high school stuff. High school baseball, softball, lacrosse, tennis, Maybe the golf season. Who knows? The golf season won't be. Well, who knows? There's a lot to talk about, but uh, we will be back next week. We'll be here. Thanks for listening.